update uh, for today. Yesterday, uh, U.S. military forces uh, conducted an over-the-horizon counterterrorism uh, operation uh, against an ISIS-K planner uh, and facilitator. The airstrike occurred in the Nangarhar province of Afghanistan. I can confirm, as more information has come in, that two high-profile ISIS targets were killed and one was wounded. And we know of zero civilian casualties. Without specifying any future plans, I will say that we will continue to have the ability to defend ourselves and to leverage over-the-horizon capability to conduct counter-terrorism operations as needed. We continue to evacuate American citizens and vulnerable Afghans out of Kabul. In fact, there are approximately 1,400 individuals at the Kabul airport who have been screened and manifested for flights today. As I said yesterday, we have the ability to include evacuees on military airlift out of Afghanistan until the very end. This is a massive military, diplomatic, security and humanitarian undertaking for the United States uh, and our allies. And so I'll give you a, a specific update of the last 24. Yesterday, 32 U.S. military aircraft, 27 C-17s and 5 C-130s departed with approximately 4,000 personnel. Combined with 34 coalition aircraft uh, departures, uh, an additional 2,800 personnel left Kabul for various intermediate staging bases. 66 flights left out of Kabul yesterday in that 24-hour period with 6,800 evacuees. Today I can report uh, an updated total evacuation that is more than 117,000, the vast majority of which are Afghans. Of this total number, approximately 5,400 are American citizens. This is an incredible number of people who are now safer thanks to the heroism of the young men and women uh, who are putting their lives on the line each day to evacuate American and vulnerable Afghans out of Kabul. Threats to our forces and to this operation remain real and significant. I'm sure you can appreciate that. And now as the military mission begins to end in Kabul, thousands of service members are working across the globe and within the United States to complete this incredibly important mission. Out of the UCOM AOR, six flights will transport about 2,000 Afghans to the United States. Since August 20th, the UCOM AOR has uh, received nearly 30,000 vulnerable Afghans and evacuees. A good example of how we're building out capacity as we execute this incredibly important mission, a flight from Italy will fly to Philadelphia International Airport, the second U.S. onward location to receive flights. As NORTHCOM Commander General Van Herc uh, said in his brief yesterday, our total capacity across multiple U.S. installations is approximately 21,000 and growing. We're steadily working to increase the capacity to 50,000 by September 15th. Right now, we are hosting approximately 8,000 Afghan applicants at Fort McCoy, Fort Bliss, Fort Lee, and Joint Base McGuire-Dix-Lakehurst. A dedicated team of military, civilian, and contract personnel are working closely with numerous agencies, both government and non-government, to ensure further requirements and additional capabilities uh, are available. Uh, 
We will keep you updated on this, uh, on this effort. SOUTHCOM continues to conduct humanitarian relief operations in Haiti, and NORTHCOM, while simultaneously executing uh, evacuation flights, is postured to support FEMA as a lead federal agency in preparing uh, for Tropical Storm Ida. Lastly, I want to share that the Department of Defense uh, will shortly announce the names of the 13 service members who were killed in service uh, to their country. We grieve with the Gold Star families, friends, and loved ones of our fallen. They will be remembered and revered among Americans who have served in Afghanistan uh, in Operations Freedom Sentinel and Enduring Freedom. Okay, I don't have anything to add, so we'll go right to questions, Bob. Thank you, John. A couple questions on the, uh, the strike last night uh, in Afghanistan. Uh, General Taylor just said that two high-profile targets were killed and one wounded. Uh, your initial announcements, I think, said one. Yep. This was all the same strike. Was it a single strike? And can you explain any more about whether these individuals were directly involved in the Thursday bombing at Kabul airport? So it was, uh, without getting into too much tactical detail in, in terms of munitions used, uh, I would tell you it was a single mission and uh, to, to uh, get the, these targets. Uh, and as the assessments and information flowed over time, uh, we were able to recognize that another was, was killed as well uh, and, and, and one wounded. So, I mean, battle damage assessment, as you know, sometimes takes time, information comes in. As we had more clarity, we wanted to be transparent about that. But the planner facilitator description, does that mean they were involved directly in the Kabul airport attack? They were ISIS-K planners and facilitators. Uh, and that's enough reason they're alone. I won't speak to the details of, this, of these individuals uh, or what their specific roles might be. But as the general said, we uh, have the ability and the means to carry out over-the-horizon counterterrorism capabilities, and we're going to uh, we're going to defend ourselves. And I'd I like think I just leave it at that. Thank you. Uh, I'd like to ask you another question about just about the airport situation at the moment. Yeah. Is it true that only U.S. passport holders are being allowed onto the airport now from, through the gates? Any uh, U.S. passport holder that uh, wants to get in can get in, uh, and we are still. Uh, if I'm wrong here, I don't think I'm wrong. But we are still. Uh, processing and getting on planes, uh, SIV applicants, as well as vulnerable Afghans. So they're being allowed onto the airport? As far as I know, yeah. Okay, thank you. I don't think that's changed. Right. Hey, John. So can you give us the names of the two individuals killed in this strike? No, we, we're not going to release the names. Because? We're just not going to release the names. Um, and if I can just go back to Thursday's suicide uh, bombing. Um, there appear to be images and reports from the ground that some of the Afghan civilians killed may have been shot by the Marines at the gate. At this point in time, since we're 48 hours, do you have any evidence that the Marines or any of the U.S. troops may have shot, um, injured, or wounded? We, we don't. We, we, we can't confirm that, and uh, we certainly are not in a position to deny it either. We are investigating this, and as we get more information that we can reliably communicate to you about this incident, we will. Uh, yeah, Tara. Uh, the State Department issued another dire warning saying don't approach the gates. Did this airstrike have anything to do with that potential for future attacks? Um, can you talk about what capabilities ISIS might have lost um, in this drone strike? 
Well, a couple of things. Uh, I'll let the State Department speak for the advisory they sent out. Uh, that is not uncommon for them to do that, particularly in a country like Afghanistan. And they're constantly watching uh, the threat environment, as are we. Um, and they're doing a prudent, responsible thing to uh, inform uh, Americans there in Kabul about uh, what's best for their own safety. Uh, but again, I think that the State Department speak to the rationale there. Obviously, again, they're they're, they're doing what they believe they need to do to, to keep people safe. Uh, I am not going to talk about specific capabilities ISIS may have lost in, in this strike. They lost a planner and they lost a facilitator and they've got one wounded. Uh, and the fact that two of these individuals are no lo lo longer walking on the face of the earth, that's a good thing. It's a good thing for the people of Afghanistan. It's a good thing for our troops and our forces at that airfield. And I think I'm just going to leave it there. And to follow up, can you discuss the level of threat right now at the airport? We've seen a number of the allies uh, bring their evacuation operations to a close early. Will the U.S. still stay there through the 31st? We are going to complete this mission by the end of the month. We've said that. Uh, nothing has changed about the, the timeline for us. And we will do this in as safe and an orderly as, uh, way as possible. And that includes uh, being able to continue to evacuate right up until the end. But what about the threats at the airport? Can you describe what are they, they still? The threats are still very real. They're very dynamic. And we are monitoring them literally in real time. And uh, as I said yesterday, we're taking all the means necessary uh, to make sure we remain focused on that threat stream uh, and doing what we can uh, for force protection. A couple of questions. First for you, John, they, uh, have U.S. troops begun uh, retrograde withdrawal from the airport? We have begun retrograding. Can you say anything about the number who have left? No, I cannot. Um, and then, um, General Taylor, for you, please, uh, the, the numbers of military aircraft who have left are relatively consistent with where they've been for several days, but the number of passengers on them is down from where it was. Does that mean that the U.S. is now starting to move some equipment, military equipment on those, or are there planes that are going out just not full? As we said, you know, uh, our mission to continue evacuating uh, those as required and to uh, meet the mission requirement by August 31st is, is what the commanders are executing. So does that mean that you're starting to take some equipment out on these aircraft, or does it, or, or, or do you not have enough passengers? Yeah, there, there is equipment leaving on those flights to, uh, that was originally planned. And then if I could ask one more, since, um, have there been any attacks? General McKenzie talked about how the Taliban had, had thwarted some attacks before Thursday's attack. Have there been any other cases that you're aware of that the Taliban have actually stopped attackers from getting in towards the airport? I don't have specific reports of that, uh, other than, as you can see, as we just talked, the security uh, of the base is the most uh, important thing that we're doing to allow us uh, to continue our mission. Thank you. Yeah. So, John, um, you said the threat at the airport remains active and dynamic. <clears throat> Is it fair to say that whether or not those uh, people killed last night deserve to be on the face of the earth or not, that this, the threat at the airport remains unchanged? I wouldn't say that it remains unchanged. I didn't say that. I said it remains active and dynamic, and it does. Is it as serious as it was yesterday? It is a serious threat. Um, I'm not sure what how any potential terrorist threat can be anything other than serious, or that we shouldn't take it seriously. It's serious. Yesterday you uh, denied the Taliban claim that they had uh, assumed uh, responsibility for <clears throat> security in some parts of the airport. Is that 
still the case that uh, Taliban do not uh, provide security at the airport itself. That is still the case. And is that going to remain the case until the end, or at some point do they have to move into the airport to keep the crowds at bay while those last planes take off? I'm not going to talk about the specifics as we get closer to the end. We Let me just say this. As clearly as I can, we will maintain the ability to defend ourselves and our operations all the way through. Yeah, Lucas. John, did the Taliban in any way provide any intelligence or any support with this drone strike that killed those two ISIS terrorists? I'm not going to talk about intelligence matters one way or the other. Rule it we, out. I'm not going to talk about intelligence matters yeah, one way or the uh, other. Taliban supporting this drone strike in we any way? We had uh, useful intelligence on our own to conduct this strike. Do you consider the Taliban and the Haqqani network separate entities? They, uh, <laughs> Lucas, uh, I'm, I'm not going to give you a breakdown here, a characterization uh, of the Taliban or Haqqani. Now, Lucas, um, we are, you got to remember what we're focused on here, and that's on getting more people out and getting our troops out, completing this mission. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sure uh, what benefit it does for me to try to characterize one group or another. We know that the, the people that the deputy leader of the Taliban is Surgeon Haqqani, who has a $10 million bounty on his head. People should know, is it, are these separate entities or? We know that there are, there is a certain matter, matter of, uh, of commingling here. I mean, there's a marbling, if you will, of Taliban and Haqqani. What I'm pushing back a little bit on you, Lucas, is the, is the relevance of that discussion to what we're trying to do today, which is complete an evacuation safely and to get our, uh, our troops uh, and our forces at, at the uh, airport out safely. That's what we're focused on. Every major, one more question. Every major newspaper and television news outlet has said that the U.S. military brass recommended to the president to leave 2,500 troops in Afghanistan, not pull out. Have you asked any of those outlets for a correction? I'm sorry, say that one again. Every major newspaper and television news outlet has reported that top Pentagon brass, from the defense secretary to the head of U.S. forces in the Middle East and Afghanistan, to the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, recommended to the president that 2,500 U.S. troops should have stayed in Afghanistan, not been pulled out. Have you asked any news outlet for a correction to those stories? Thanks for repeating it. Uh, we don't make it a habit to talk publicly one way or the other, right, wrong, up, down, more or less, uh, about the advice and counsel that Pentagon leaders give the Commander-in-Chief. What Louis, about correcting Louis, the record? Louis. Um, has there been another helicopter uh, evacuation recently? No, I don't think there has been. No. Okay. Um, can I follow up in on the discussion about the drone strike yesterday? It's been characterized as being retaliation, as being reprisal um, for the bombing at the airport. Is that accurate, or was this something that, as part of your over-the-horizon counterterrorism planning, you were already targeting? This was uh, a little bit of both. I mean, uh, we have the ability uh, to conduct over-the-horizon counterterrorism capabilities. We've talked about that. Um, this certainly fits in that mold. Uh, but uh, it's not coincidence that it happened just a couple of days after we lost 13 brave service members. And can I ask Barbara, again, you're, you're calling one a planner and another a facilitator. 
I believe that you're saying that one, that's correct, right? That's the characterization of these two individuals. What is the difference? I mean, and what, uh, what makes them targeted? Obviously, uh, thanks for your question, but that is the, uh, the clarification, uh, planner facilitator, uh, that are those that uh, would have the ability to facilitate or help plan in attacks. Uh, and that, as we said, uh, gave us the ability and the authority we had to conduct those missions. And were they involved in planning an imminent attack? Um, we're not going to go into, uh, you know, detailed uh, intelligence information that led to the, that attack or that strike or future operations. Thank you. Yeah, Barb. A couple of things on, on the strike. Um, you First thing, you called them high profile. Could you explain to us but not senior. So, and then I have a follow-up on the strike. What makes you say they're high profile? Based on uh, the intelligence collected and activities uh, in the past, uh, that was the classification and uh, used uh, for those. General Taylor, can you just clarify, were you actually targeting both of these individuals or were you targeting one and the other one happened to be there and got struck? We had the intelligence that led us to the target area uh, that uh, allowed for that strike to happen with the BDA as, uh, as briefed. Were you targeting two individuals in this strike? We had intelligence that uh, allowed us to conduct that uh, strike on uh, those multiple individuals. And, um, John, if I could ask you also, so now you have done this strike, what is the assessment or feeling about the impact of this strike on ISIS-K in Afghanistan. Do you, have you degraded them in any fashion? Can you explain that if they're high profile? Have you deterred, have you degraded? What is your conclusion about what the impact of this strike actually has been? They have two, they have two high profile planners or facilitate one one planner one facilitator that are no longer on their muster roll so they have lost uh some capability to plan and to conduct uh missions the, the but barbara make no mistake n nobody's writing this off and saying well we got them so we don't have to worry about isis k anymore not the case as i said earlier the, the threat stream is still active still dynamic we're still laser focused on that and force protection and we aren't thinking for a minute that what happened yesterday gets us in the clear not a minute but do we believe that we hit valid targets bad guys who can do bad things and can plan bad missions absolutely and do we think that that will have some impact on their ability going forward absolutely what and to how much we're just going to have to we're just going to have to keep watching the intelligence going forward i don't know if you can answer but does the United States have a sense, even if you can't say names, do you have any sense of who is in command of ISIS-K right now? I'm not going to get into specific org charts and intelligence about uh, what we know about uh, the organization. Uh, obviously, we put a lot of time and effort uh, into learning as much as we can. And I think I just, for security purposes, I'm just going to leave it at that, Laura. Um, so a couple quick questions about the attack itself. First of all, 
where did the unmanned aircraft come from? Was it a, a Reaper drone, Predator drone? Can you give us any information it came on the from aircraft? over the horizon. Okay, so no specific information. You can it came give us? from over the horizon. Okay. And then was there, were there were reports that the the targets were in a vehicle? Was is that accurate? And or was there any other damage to ISIS infrastructure? I'm uh, as I think the general said right at the top. Uh, we're going to be loath to release a lot of tactical level BDA detail here. Uh, we want to preserve as much flexibility as we can. So uh, I think you can understand, or at least I hope you can understand, that we're just not going to be able to answer a lot of that detailed stuff right now. And then just to follow up, how what are you doing about the ISIS-K cells in Kabul itself? Because clearly these attacks are coming from Kabul. It's possible the terrorists have gone underground. Obviously, you can't target the city itself with airstrikes right now. Yeah. What I would tell you is we're watching the threat stream very carefully, uh, Laura, clearly. Uh, they have the ability to operate inside Kabul. We're mindful of that. Um, and uh, we're watching it as closely as we can. Um, and we're obviously uh, trying to uh, make sure that we have available to us as much information and context as possible uh, so as to prepare for any future attacks. Um, and that certainly, we have to assume, uh, could come from or be planned out of or sourced out of uh, places that they might have uh, established themselves in, in Kabul. I think that's really as far as we're going to be able to go right now. Okay. And if I could ask the general a couple questions about the airport. Um, when are we officially handing the airport over to the Taliban? Is the Taliban going to be running the airport? Are they going to be running it with the Qataris and the Turks, as I believe has been reported? We're going to continue to... Uh, um, run the airport up until the end and uh, those uh, details as they continue to be worked out uh, will come forward. But right now we will continue to run that airfield to make sure uh, that we can execute uh, our operations. And are some of the gates to the airport welded shut as has been reported? There are gates that are closed absolutely right now but at, as we said earlier we do have gates that are continue to be open as we coordinate and still work with the Department of State uh, to get people uh, in for evacuation. Thank you. We'll have to go to the phones here. Yes, sir. Uh, Howard Altman. Hey, <clears throat> first of all, I want to express my condolences to the families of lost loved ones in Kabul. Um, there, despite this massive uh, effort to uh, evacuate folks, there were a number of organizations, um, including you know current and former. Uh, military that they feel there's a level of frustration and not be able to get people out and they're working uh, in many ways, there's been many reports about that. Uh, my question is, uh, is DOD cooperating with any of these organizations? Can you talk about that? And then what is your uh, message to these organizations? Are they helping? Are they hindering? And, and given what you know about how this is unfolding, should they continue their operations? Well, it's certainly not... Um not for us to, to, to tell them to, to, to stop caring about individuals that they know that are in Afghanistan, Howard. Um, uh, we are, uh, as you might imagine, I mean, we are working off many different streams of information uh, about various vulnerable Afghan groups, not to mention uh, applicants in the special immigrant visa program and, of course, American citizens. Um, and I don't want to speak for the State Department, but the State Department has really uh, uh, been liaising with uh, a lot of outside groups 
um, to help identify those who, uh, who, who need to be evacuated. Uh, we are primarily responsible for uh, help, helping provide that uh, secure area at the airport for them to be able to get through the process and get through uh, to properly manifest them and to get them on flights out of there. Uh, but look, I mean, uh, I think a lot of us uh, are getting emails and calls and texts from, um, from friends and colleagues uh, many of them are veterans uh, who are uh, passing information to us to to try to help uh, get additional people out, and uh, and and we're we're doing the best we can when we are contacted uh, to get that information in the right stream to the right people on the ground there at the airport to, to continue to facilitate movement. Uh, and as the general said, we're going to try to facilitate movement of evacuees right up until the the very end. Have these efforts helped? And or are they adding to the confusion? And is DOD cooperate or help them in any way? Can you specify? I think certainly, Howard, to the degree that they have uh, brought to light uh, information that we can act upon to get a, a, additional people out. Uh, of course, that's that's been helpful, and we certainly share the concerns that these that these groups have for these individuals. We feel the same obligation that they do to it. So, to the degree they have been able to. Um, help us uh, latch on and identify, then yes, that's been helpful. Gordon. John, a few different things. Um, one question uh, uh, with the Taliban, it's not an intelligence question, but was there any kind of coordination? Did you share any information prior to the strike uh, on the ISIS targets with the Taliban? One question, I think. No. No, easy question answered. Um, uh, and turning to the um, the preparations for folks uh, coming back. Is there a number, a total number of people you have, uh, evacuees you have on domestic bases here, plus those kind of in, in, in on the step to come back? So all the different hubs plus the bases, you have a total number there? Uh, I don't have it with me, uh, Gordon. I think Gen we heard General Van Herc yesterday. We've got just under 7,000 uh, SIV applicants uh, at U.S. military installations. Across the country, he's opened up additional uh, installations to try to get us to a capacity of maybe as much as fifty thousand if we need it. I think, but he gave that number yesterday, and I think I would I I don't don't think that number has changed appreciably over uh, over the the last twenty four hours. But, but, but before I jump off there, let me just check and see if I've got an updated uh, number in in, uh, in Europe. I got it here somewhere, I think. No, I don't think I've got it across Europe. So we'll have to um, we'll have to come back to you on that. And then uh, two other quick ones. Uh, do you expect um, uh, <clears throat> the troops to come into Dover as soon as today? What I can tell you is that the remains of the 13 individuals who were killed are on their way back to the United States, but I am not at liberty to uh, give you a precise arrival. And final clarification. What uh, struck in the target from last night was a planner and a facilitator, or they are both considered kind of both? I didn't quite understand. 
the capabilities of those uh, struck and killed last night were a uh, facilitator and planners. So, so yeah, we're not going to get into this one was this, this one was this. The uh, a, so a capability kind of planners, of facilitators and planners. Yeah. Were you aware of them before? Yeah, like I said, we're not going to discuss the intelligence that led up to. Uh, then it did with the intelligence that we had. Uh, allowed us to conduct that strike. But you can't say if they were even individuals who were already on the U.S. radar as, as high-profile people. We had assets. intelligence on the, the target set uh, that led us as we continued to uh, work up that to conduct that strike. Can I ask one more on the over-the-horizon efforts? Uh, this, if I'm not mistaken, we look back and the last time that we saw that the U.S. announced a counter-terrorist strike in Afghanistan was February of 2020. Are you aware of any other particular specific, not against the Taliban, but specific CT strikes since February 2020 in Afghanistan? I don't have that information uh, readily available. General, with all due respect, the reason you're getting questions about the intelligence is two days before Kabul fell, the intelligence did not show that the country was about to fall to the Taliban. That's where you were receiving questions about the intelligence of this target, just how serious these ISIS fighters were. No, I understand that. And, uh, well, Dan, and, and I understand the, that people, we're not going to go into the, the details of, of the intelligence uh, that goes into that. Are they plotting an attack on U.S. troops at the Kabul airport in the next few days? Uh, the intelligence that we had uh, was good enough, allowed us to conduct that strike. And as uh, Mr. Kirby said, we now have uh, two members of ISIS-K uh, that are no longer able to facilitate or, or plan attacks. Are they planning attacks on U.S. troops? I'm at not going to go into that. Talking the uh, secretary and the president to greet the caskets at Gover. I don't have any schedule announcements to make with, with respect to that. Yeah, uh, I'm a little unclear on what I think each of you said when you were talking about the presence of the Taliban at the airport. Are you saying that there are no Taliban on the airfield? Uh, beginning to transition to control on either the civilian yeah, or military Bob, side? So what the, this was some reporting yesterday that, uh, that the Taliban were in control of the gates. And then there was reporting that we were shutting down all evacuation operations in the course of a day. And my point yesterday was those are not true. We're not shutting down evacuation operations. We're going to continue going to the end. We are still in charge of the airport. And we are still in charge of security at the airport. And uh, what, ha what, has, what was true a few days ago is still true today. The Taliban have checkpoints around the airport in a, uh, in a, a loose perimeter, if you will. Uh, but they are not manning gates. They are not, uh, they are not at the airport uh, doing security roles or anything like that. They're not at the airport. That's They're not I'm at talking. the airport. Okay. Yeah, no. yeah Just going back to the, the drone strike. Uh, you obviously can't give specific names of countries, but did you notify any countries um, through which the drone may have had to fly through before the strike? And which committees on the Hill did you notify prior to the strike, if at all? Uh, I don't. Uh, there, as far as I know, there was uh, no um, notifications that uh, that did or needed to happen uh, beforehand. To countries or to the committees? No notifications that that were. Uh, needed to be done beforehand. Yes? You're not revealing the names of these individuals, but you know them, right? And do you know the nationality of these individuals who were killed in the drone strike yesterday? We know who they are. You know them? Yes, and we know the who they are. And the one who were wounded was planner or a facilitator? I don't have that information. And one more question. During your conversations with the Taliban, have they given you any assurance or indicated that they will not let Afghanistan to be used as a launching pad for terrorist attack against U.S., its friends and allies. Can you say that one again? 
during your conversation with the Taliban leadership, have they indicated or given any assurance to you that they will not let Afghanistan to be used as a launching pad for terrorist attack against U.S., its friends and allies? They made assurances as part of the Doha agreement uh, about uh, affiliation with al-Qaeda and about uh, uh, terrorism, terrorist groups operating from Afghanistan. They've said that publicly. They said that as part of the Doha agreement. Barb. Do you have any indication of the level or types of foreign fighters that may have flowed into Afghanistan in recent days and weeks? I do not. Thank you. Okay, I think we're going to call it a day. No, we're going to call it a day, Lucas. We're, Lucas, Lucas, I appreciate it very much.